unlocking the sound. Unlocking the sound. There's a sound that has to be released. As we shared, you know, we've maybe this even Monday, they're going to start putting our new speakers in that we went ahead and got by faith. And, you know, next month we got Tim Story. I don't know if you've ever seen Dog the Bounty Hunter. He's Dog the Bounty Hunter's pastor. He married the kids. He's been on some of the programs. Right now he's discipling Iron Man uh, Robert Dowry Jr. And he's a coach. Uh, he's been used mightily of God, was a, a minister in, in ROU. And uh, he's going to be with us next month. We're going to have a two-day revival with this man. It's going to be awesome. And so, uh, but then also, the last Sunday of uh, May, we got a whole God, Devani connected with a worship leader from Christ for the Nations. He's on their latest CD and DVD. He wrote a lot of the songs we sing. And uh, he's going to be with us that last Saturday and Sunday of the month of May because the prophet Chuck Pierce said, there's a sound that needs to be released before June. And it just so happened, he's free to come that last Sunday. And we believe there's going to be something happen. But there has to be a sound to be unlocked. And I want to start off with the word today and just share some scriptures quickly. It says here in Isaiah 63, verse 15, Isaiah, Isaiah's talking about everything they've been redeemed and freed from and all that God has done for them. Then he starts saying, but we quenched his Holy Spirit. And he says here, look down from heaven and see from your habitation, holy and glorious, where are your zeal and your strength? The yearning, and we've talked on this word yearning for three weeks, the yearning of your heart and your mercies toward me, are they restrained? It says in another translation, the stirrings of my heart. Or another translation says, the sound of my groaning. There's this sound, and we talked about Israel. There's uh, their groaning uh, being risen, raised to before God in Exodus chapter 3. And it says he looked down from heaven. That word restrain means, what is preventing you from moving in strength in my life and in our midst? What is restraining you? And that word also speaks of what is limiting you? And what is stopping you from displaying your power and your emotion? Why isn't there freedom of your movement? Why are you so unemotional? And why are you not showing passion? It was because the spirit was grieved. Believe that God is wanting to do something in this body and and in his entire body to bring a unity about, uh, a love about, a passion about. And I believe what's causing the Lord to be restrained is we have lost our first love in the area of worshiping Him in spirit and in truth. In the book of Revelation, it speaks about losing that first love. I believe the Lord wants us to get it back to where, you know, He moves us. How many of you know sound moves you? Have have you ever found yourself, you haven't heard a a song in a long time, and you're in the line at the grocery line, and all of a sudden, this song's on, and before you know it, your foot's backslidden, and that toe's just going up and down. Or you're just moving, and there's just something. I mean, sound gets in you and moves you, because sound is such an important part of our life. And the passion there speaks about restoring the love of God. And each and every one of us, I, wanna, I want to prove you right now, each and every one of us, I told you that no vocal cord is the same, just like the thumbprint, it's you. And God hears your sound and notice your sound, and I want to use this as an example. So many people say, you know what, my sound's not important. Let me give you a little example of what I've been thinking about. How many of you know sometimes there are people who forget to turn their cell phones off in church? Now, it hasn't happened this morning, thank God, and it's recorded. When it does go off, it's recorded. And how many of you know, a lot of people have their own sound on their cell phone, their own ringtone. Some of it's a ringtone, some of it's a favorite song, but everybody has a different sound on their cell phone. And how many of you know that that one cell phone changes the whole atmosphere? 
I can be preaching. People can be in tears. People can be reading their Bible and a cell phone goes off and everybody will stop looking at me and start looking for who forgot to turn their cell phone off. <laughs> you can be, oh, Jesus, oh, Jesus. And, this, da, 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 and you're looking around and Jesus and the crying, everything's out the window. You're already trying to figure out who is that. That one sound of your cell phone. And guess what? A satellite from who knows how far away was connected and then with your number and found you here in church and that sound that you own came out and took over the atmosphere. Now, if you'd get a revelation that is not the satellite but the one who sits upon the throne knows exactly where you at and if you let him download and if you will allow to unlock <laughs> the sound that's on the inside of you, it, you may be in the nursing home, you may be at the Salvation Army, you may be on the street, but just like that satellite knows where your cell phone is, God, all powerful God knows where you're at and he knows how to release that sound in you. And what you got to understand is that that sound many times is what needs to be released for something that you've been believing God to come forth. So sometimes you got to realize that that sound... And as little as you think your sound is, it is important to God. Now, God is doing something awesome. And I'm going to be talking some today about the tabernacle of David. Because in the tabernacle of David, God, Jesus and the Father and the Holy Spirit, listen to this. He's always looking for his Davids. David was a man after God's own heart. And every generation has Davids, whether you're a man or a woman. And God is always looking for his Davids because his Davids are going to go against the law. David broke the laws of Moses in the Old Testament and he did something that never was done before. He broke all tradition and he went into a new area and he even broke the commandments to do what was in his heart towards God before the Ark of the Covenant. God is looking for somebody who's not connected to tradition but somebody who's connected to God. Somebody who's willing to take all the risks to give God what he wants and God in return gives us what we want. And there's a supernatural sound that God, God's wanting to release. And something that when we were in Argentina years and years ago, I was reading and studying. I've always been passionate about the tabernacle of David and how David saw things into the future and saw the time of grace, saw the time of Christ and prophesied about him, even prophesied of it about his crucifixion and his resurrection. And one day I was reading and it said that David chose his mighty men and his Levites and those who kept the ark, he called them and he chose them by their name. It's written more than once. It says he called them by their name. And so I did a whole word study and I'm going to go into it today because those men, we might do it sometime, but those men are gone. But I want to read off some names of some new Davids. And so I want to tell you, for example, our worship leader, his name is Jake. And his name means he establishes. How many of you like to have a worship leader that his name means he establishes? And then we have his wife, who we'll just say her name, Sherry, as everybody knows her. And her name means remnant, the remainder. He establishes the remnant. There's a couple right there. Then we have Baron, which speaks of the red Baron. No. <laughs> Baron means young warrior, one who is entitled to serve in the house of God. Where's Nate? Nate Dog. His name means God has given. Kelly, where's Kelly? 
We saw it today. Her name means warrior. Kristen, follower of Christ. Where's CJ? Well, wherever he's at, God bless him. It means a free man. That's why he's wandering around. Free man. (laughs) Christy, bearer of Christ. Trey, strong as a bear and flies like an eagle to the sea. Then we got Brother Greg working back there, which means watchful and vigilant. Vigilant. There's Brother Chris peeking over the side, and he means bearer of Christ. Brother Greg's wife, who works a computer, means pure. Amos, who plays the bass on Sunday and Wednesday night, means to carry and born of God. Benny means green, green grass. And Debbie means beloved. How many of you know that we all have a name? It all has a meaning, and we all are called to live up to that name. You see these names manifested in this worship team and God is building something. He's going to build even more. And every one of us are called to be a priest before God. And I want to read this quickly to you. It says here in 1 Chronicles 16, and I've got different verses here. It says, they brought the ark of God, or you could put there, they brought the presence of God and placed it inside a special tent. David had, look at this. Prepared for it. Somebody shout out. Prepared for it. There has to be a part. And I'm going to show you. Adam had to prepare the Garden of Eden. Moses had to prepare the people and the tabernacle. David had to prepare the tent. We have to prepare ourselves and prepare the place where we want to have an encounter with God. And they presented burnt offerings and peace offerings to God. And David appointed the following Levites to lead the people in worship before the ark of the Lord. In Moses' time and for thousands of years, nobody was allowed before the ark. But David changed all that and he put the people to lead worship before the ark to, pro- to invoke worship, invoke the blessing of God. Why isn't God blessing me? Where's our level of worship? To give thanks and to praise the Lord, the God of Israel. Then he goes on to say, give thanks to the Lord and proclaim his greatness. Proclaim his greatness. Let the whole world know what he has done. Sing to him, yes, sing his praises. Tell everyone about his wonderful deeds. Exalt in his holy name. Rejoice, you who worship the Lord. Search the Lord, for he is his strength. Look what it says here. Continually, continually seek him. Give to the Lord glory, the glory he deserves. Somebody shout out, he deserves. All the glory, amen. Bring your offerings and come into his presence. Worship the Lord in his holy splendor. And then it goes on to talk that the Levites were to serve the Lord before the ark regularly, daily. And, and, And it goes on to talk about they continued to minister to the Lord. And they sacrificed burnt offerings on a regular basis. And he talked about they were chosen to give thanks to the Lord. And all of this is because God had opened up a way for David to get a revelation. That is not just in the way I'm used to worshiping God. But there's always a new way when I have an encounter with God. And I'll go through these scriptures quickly. Psalm 63, 1 through 4 says, Oh God. God, you are my God. See, if you just start saying these out loud, that's worship. Oh, God, you are my God. Early will I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh longs for you in a dry and a thirsty land where there is no water. So I have looked for you in the sanctuary to see your power and your glory. 
Because your loving kindness is better than life, my lips shall praise you. Thus will I bless you while I live. Look what it says here. I will lift up my hands in your name. Now, for some of you, that is something new, and that's something maybe you haven't even done yet because you said, that's what Pentecostals do. No, that's what worshipers do. And it's in the Word. And what the raising of hands, do you know what raising your hands means? It doesn't only mean surrender. What it means in the Hebrew words, it means to be shoulderless. When you're raising hands, there are no shoulders for the enemy to put a yoke upon. If there are no shoulders, the yoke falls like baggy pants. And so when you're surrendering to God, he's taking the yoke off from the midst of you. The yoke that might have came down years before and the yoke that the enemy may be trying to put upon you cannot rest. It has no place to rest. Why? Because I'm worshiping the Lord in spirit and in truth. Amen. Mm. Go ahead and give the Lord praise. And we see in Acts chapter 15 verse 16 and it says, after this I will return, God is speaking, and I will rebuild the tabernacle of David. Why? David saw my day and rejoiced, which was fallen down, and I will rebuild its ruins, and I will set it up. So the rest of mankind may seek the Lord, even all the Gentiles who call by my name, says the Lord, who not did these things, but does. I love that word there does these thing, all these things. He's doing it now. That's what God has been doing through these messages. That's what God is desiring to do. He's wanting to rebuild that form of worship because he's always looking for his Davids because his Davids that can get a revelation and a fresh intuition and understanding of God and it's the Davids who can bring the giants down. Amen. Now I want you to see something. Exodus 25 verse 8. He says, let them make me a sanctuary that I may dwell dwell among them we're going to be looking at this a little while because there's something that got me excited this week that's been happening and it says that i may dwell among them listen god listen god is not looking he doesn't need a place to live god is looking for a place to dwell because it's out of desire it's out of passion and so i want you to see how we're called here to build a special place for god if we'll build it he will come how many of you know he is holy and he deserves a special place amen now i want to show you some things here there are many levels to the presence of God. I don't know everyone has heard of omnipresent, which means God is everywhere. He's everywhere. But how many of you know, even though he's everywhere, omnipresent, you're not always tapped into him. You don't always feel him. And you're not always sensing his presence. But the omnipresence means he's everywhere. Then there's the indwelling presence of God. He's in our heart. I've accepted him. He's in me in a special way. I love Psalms 51 verse 6. It says, what, what you're after is truth from the inside out. And look what it says here. Enter me, then conceive a new true life. See, there's one thing about knowing God is everywhere. That's like everybody saying God loves everybody. But the truth is only those who declare Jesus Christ as Lord and King are born again and have a way into heaven. We don't always have a new life, but when we allow the Holy Spirit and the presence of God to come in, he makes all things new. And then number three, there's his manifested presence. That's revival. That's restoration. That's when God meets with you and you feel him. You feel his presence. That's when you feel the warmth. That's when you feel the wind. That's when the hair stands up on the back of your neck. That's when you feel electricity. That's when 
when you laugh. That's when you cry. That's the tangible, manifested presence of God. That's when you're raising your hands and worshiping God and you're saying, Father, I want to hear your voice. It's when he's manifesting. It's when you have that special moment like I did Tuesday. And I, I remember one time I came back from prayer in Argentina and our second boy was autistic and, and he, he, he was three years old more or less and four years old and he couldn't speak yet and I came back from prayer meeting on Friday night and I grabbed him and I was sitting in the rocking chair there in the living room and I just held him and I was crying and I was praying and we just saw a mighty move of God and I was saying Lord I don't understand this you're moving so mightily and here I am I'm holding my child and Lord God I don't know him I don't know what he wants I don't know his personality I don't know what his voice sounds like he doesn't speak Lord I don't understand what's going on Lord I have a child and I don't know him he doesn't let me know what he wants I don't know what he wants once I can't understand his words and I was there opening my heart to God and I felt that atmosphere change and God came in there and I remember how he just said he said I know how you feel and I said what he says I know how you feel he says I have children everywhere and I don't know them I don't know their voice they have a voice but they don't speak to me with it and it's in times where you get in the atmosphere of God that God speaks things to you that changes your life. And then there's so, the next one I want to share with you. This week, since I've spoke about it last week, I've had so many people tell me, what is the Shekinah glory of God? I've gotten emails. I've got at least five people who've asked me, what is the Shekinah glory of God? And that's what I want to speak about right here. And number four, his dwelling presence. The Shekinah is the word to dwell. God dwelling with us. And because I want you to know, that's, that's not, this is just not stuff that I make up. I show you the scriptures, but I want you to do a word study yourself. And if you have a Vines, a Strong's, or a Lexicon, just look up the number 7931. 7931, look up the Hebrew word in 7931 and it's going to be the word Shekinah or where we get our word, the Shekinah glory of God. So you can see I'm not making it up. And to confirm, you say, well, we need to know in two or three witnesses, the word Shekinah to dwell, the dwelling glory of God is used 130 times in the Old Testament. It's not something that we just make up because it sounds good. It's the dwelling glory of God. That's just where we're going. And it means to inhabit. In Exodus 25 verse 8 it says, And let them make, a, make me a sanctuary that I may shekinah or dwell among them. In Exodus 24 16 it says, The glory of the Lord dwelt. That's the word shekinah. The Lord dwelt on Mount Sinai and the cloud covered it six days. And on the seventh day he called to Moses out of the midst of the cloud. Now I want to tell you something else. I know you're thinking, well, that's Old Testament, okay? Well, let me give you the Greek word. The number for the Greek word shekinah, which is the word K-A-T-O-I-K-E-O. I'm not going to try to pronounce that, but it's number 2730. Go ahead and write that down so you can see I'm not making this up. Number 2730 is the Greek interpretation of the Hebrew word Shekinah, and it means to dwell. And let me show you the power of that word dwell. He says, the glory of the Lord dwelt on Mount Sinai. I've got news for everybody. The glory of God moved off of Mount Sinai. Guess where it moved to? 
that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith that you being rooted and grounded in love. Ephesians 3.17, that's the Greek word for the Shekinah presence and glory of God. Also, John 1.14, and the word became flesh and what? Dwelt Shekinah among us, and we beheld his glory. The glory dwelt among us, the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and full of truth. And I love this in Revelation 21 3. And I heard a loud voice from heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, tabernacle of David, and he will what? Dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. That word Shekinah or to dwell means to reside, stay, inhabit, remain, and settle down. Now, what you got to understand that God is everywhere, but when you start worshiping God, he inhabits or he settles down <laughs> on the inside of you. He settles down in the music. He settles down in the worshipers. He settles down in the area where you're sitting. He settles down while you're driving the car. He settles down while you're taking a shower. When you start worshiping God, he says, I'm looking for a dwelling place. I'm looking for a dwelling place not made with hands, but I'm looking for the heart and the spirit of the redeemed who's going to open up and allow me to come in and inhabit. And when God inhabits the praises and the praises on me, the praises of God and the presence of God starts moving on the inside of me. And as I worship and praise him, everything that I'm fearing and frustrated, everything that's going on in my mind and my heart, things start shifting. There starts a shift inside of me. And I start talking about I can't. I start praising the one who can. When I start saying that I won't, I start praising the one who will. And all of a sudden something it's released on the inside of me and it comes out as a prayer it comes out as praise it comes out of worship but all of a sudden God's going around he's going around and can you imagine the Bible says that God used to go to the garden in the cool of the evening and I started thinking and maybe you think about it how many of you at five o'clock how many of you at a quarter to five are looking at your watch how many right now is looking at your watch wanting to go eat how many of you when you're working especially on Friday and it's 4.30 or quarter to 5. You, you can't wait till that buzzer rings so you can go home. How many of you say, you know, I think I'll stick around for another hour. No, you're watching that time because you're ready to go. How many remember in school when you learned to tell time? And they had that big old clock on the wall. And you knew when it was time for recess and when it was time for lunch. And you knew that, the t oh, thank God, it's five minutes to three. It's almost time for the bell to ring. You remember that? Well, listen, I believe that's how God was with Adam. I believe in the cool of the evening. I believe, let's put it five o'clock. I believe God was looking at his heavenly watch because they say he don't have a watch, but I believe anyway. He was looking at his watch and he was waiting for Adam to Adam and Eve to prepare the place because he was getting ready to come in the cool of the evening. I believe Adam and Eve were starting to walk. Oh, Father, we worship you. We praise you. We thank you for creating us. We thank you for all that you've given us. And I believe they were just starting to praise God. And it will sudden God was saying, I can't wait till it's time. And God was anxious. He was ready to go down that's why even when Adam and Eve fell God was already on his way to walk in the cool of the evening but I want to tell you Adam and Eve might have lost it and I'm going to show you just a few minutes they lost it and there was an angel trying to keep them out just like there was a bunch of things trying to keep the people out from the ark of the covenant but David saw through the grace of God that what used to keep you out is now going to keep the devil out that the glory that once was in the garden of Eden now it's going to be the glory on the inside of you and me and 
And when we worship God, we used to not be able to go into the Holy of Holies, but now we are the dwelling place of the Holy of Holies, the presence of Almighty God. And just like there was an angel standing saying, you can't get in here. Now the presence of God is on the inside of you telling the devil, you can't get in here. He's a David. He's a worshiper. He's a praiser. He's a psalmist. He's one who's glorifying me. Oh, hallelujah. Can you believe that? Now, let me show you real quick here. That was the tabernacle of Moses. There was the outside tent. And that's where all the people had to stand. Look at that smoke. You see that? That's the Shekinah. God, that, that cloud was there all the time. And out of that cloud, God would call Moses. Out of all the millions of people, Moses was the only one that he would speak to face to face. One out of millions. Only Moses. And the people had to stay outside that first roll of curtains. Because it was to protect them from dying in the presence of God. Then you had the, the second part of the tent here. It would only allow the priests to go in and the Levites had to stay outside. But then inside of this tent, there was another veil. And behind this other veil was the Ark of the Covenant where it dwelt the Shekinah glory of God. And once a year, once a year, the high priest would go in with a rope around his ankle and bells and tassels. And he would walk in there in fear and trembling. And if he died, they had to pull him out because no one else was allowed behind the tent. You want to picture God. But then David put up a tent, just a tent. And he says, I don't want the furniture. There's no high priest. We are the priest of the Lord. And it wasn't just the high priest who'd go in once a year. The scriptures, when they brought the Ark of the Covenant, remember how David danced and everybody danced and they played tambourines and trumpets and all that? Well, guess what? What they did out in the open before the Ark, they did inside of the tent with the Ark. And there was dancing. Remember, David says, you think I'm dancing now? Wait till you see me in the tent. And they were dancing and they were singing and they could go around the ark. If somebody touched the ark, they wouldn't die because it was all a vision of the grace, the time after Calvary. All the Old Testament. Do not enter. Do not enter. Can you imagine? I want to see God. And when I go to the temple, no trespassing. God don't want to, you can't see God. You can't see God and live. And since I know I, I got some good old brother rednecks here that this don't mean nothing to you because you got in anyway. Here's another one that I believe that if there was rednecks in Moses' day, this is what he would say. No trespassing. Violators will be shot. Survivors will be shot again. <laughs> that curtain meant do not enter. Do not enter. But David had a revelation. Thank you. David had a revelation that Jesus was going to come. Oh, they keep telling me back there not to move around so much. They get dizzy. I move so much. Anyway, I'll try to stand still here. David had a revelation. 
that 2,000 years ago, 2,000 years after David and 2,000 years ago for us, Jesus came. And there was still the curtain up, there was still the veil, and there was still the ark, and there was still just the high priest who could go in. And Solomon was a wise man, but he wasn't a worshiper, so he did everything the way Moses did. And nobody could go in but the high priest once a year. But Jesus came. And the day on the cross when he cried, it was finished. The do not enter sign was ripped. (laughs) The no trespassing sign was ripped. And the word of God says that because of Jesus, even said, it even said right there in the moment that when Jesus died, even the Roman centurion, it says, fell on his knees and worshiped God. Even the Roman centurion, the do not enter sign for us Gentiles was ripped so that we could go in. Now there's something awesome. Let, let, me, let me get to this real, real quickly here and, and I'll, I'll finish. I'll finish with this scripture here. It says, therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom also we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand and rejoice in the hope. We have an all access pass. Any time that you need. I know Jake and them had an all access pass. We've had all access passes to, to concerts and to see people. And the thing about it is when you have an excess pass, you get to go behind the curtain. You get to go where the speakers who are going to speak, are going to meet with you. You get to go meet like Lance and I got to go meet Skillet before they got on stage. And you get to go meet the singers and and the preachers. And you get to go meet the people because you have an all. You got a little card here that says VIP. And you get to go back there. And you get to eat with them and meet them and have them sign things. You get to get a one-on-one with them because you have an all access. Well, in Moses' day, nobody had that. But once Jesus died on the cross and that veil was ripped from the top to the bottom, you, you, you all have a VIP access to the throne of God. You've got an open way to the very presence, the Shekinah glory of God. You can go boldly to the throne room of God. There is no nothing keeping you out anymore. Now I know you say, well, why aren't my prayers being prayed? This is what I want to tell you. Many times you're in the position of Elijah. You pray and somebody back and comes back and tell you, It ain't being answered yet. It ain't working yet. And Elijah was on his knees with his head between his knees and he was praying. And here he comes again. Prayer ain't being heard yet. But then you got to understand because of that all access card, that means I can go to the throne of God and I can go there anytime I want to 24 hours a day and get this. That means I don't have to ever leave. And Elijah just stayed there. Came back a third time and a fourth time. God ain't hearing you a fifth time. God ain't hearing you a sixth time. God ain't hearing you the seventh time. He said, well, I saw a cloud about this big, but it's just a cloud. Elijah says, I hear the sound. Come on, come on. What are we waiting for? Huh? What are we waiting for? What are we waiting for? I hear a watch. 
I hear a sound. And so I tell you, it doesn't matter if things are changing like we want to yet. It doesn't matter what we hear. It doesn't matter who stays and who goes. It doesn't matter who loves it and who hates it. It doesn't matter what's going on in the natural because this ain't about the natural realm. This is about the supernatural realm. This is about going into the Holy of Holies before an almighty, almighty, all-powerful God. It's about getting in the presence of God and praying and believing and standing. And it doesn't matter if the doctor says something, your neighbor says something, somebody else something or the other. Our salvation is not built upon a natural man or woman. It's built upon the everlasting Word of God and the blood, the cross, and the work of Jesus Christ. And the Word of God says that we have an all-entryway into the presence of God. Now let's stand up. Let's stand up. I want to finish. I want to finish. You see that? Man, I, I got to finish pretty close to time. Amen. It's only four after, so don't worry about it. I want to end with this one story. During the Civil War, there was a soldier who went to the White House and he wanted to speak to President Lincoln. And nobody let him in. So he pitched his tent outside the fence and he stayed there for weeks. And every day he tried to see President Lincoln. And there was no way he could get access into the White House. True story. One day he's standing outside of his tent. And a little boy comes walking by with a stick hitting the rails of the fence. On the other side of the fence. And the little boy stops and says, can I help you, sir? What you doing here? The soldier says, I want to talk to your dad. And the little boy says, I think I can arrange that. And the little boy goes inside and comes out with Abraham Lincoln. And Abraham Lincoln with his son walks to that Confederate soldier. And the soldier tells him what he wants to tell him through the fence. Jesus was walking where you were captive at. And you're crying out, I want it to go to Father God. I need God. And Jesus said, because the word access means for one to take you to meet another. And Jesus says, I can arrange that. I'm going to give my life to give you life. Every head bowed and every eye closed. If you're here this morning. The only available way to the presence of God and to His glorious presence is through the Son, Jesus Christ, because He's the one who takes you. He said, I will live and I will dwell within you. I will make my abode within you. If you're here today and you know that you've done things that seem to have shut the door between you and God, you don't feel His presence anymore. You know your life is not right with Him. Maybe you've never accepted Jesus as Lord and Savior. The Bible says in Romans that if you confess Him with your mouth and believe in your heart, then you will have access to the throne of God. You shall be saved. Is there somebody here this morning? Don't start this new time of the year off. Don't go into the time of resurrection that we're about to celebrate without getting your life totally right with God today and get your all 
access card into the presence of the Almighty. If you need to get your life right with God, would you please raise your hand at this moment? Just raise your hand and say, I need to rededicate or I need to give my life over to God. Anyone at all, just raise your hand right there where you are. Jesus made a way. Don't turn it away. Don't shut the door. He is the door. He is the way. Don't shut the door on Jesus. Don't shut the door to eternity. Don't shut the door to forgiveness, cleansing, and life. Anyone at all today, if you know you need to get your life right with God, please, please don't turn him away. Don't turn him away. Open your heart. God bless you, sir. God bless you, sir. God bless you. Is there anyone else here today? I've got to surrender my life. I've got to give my life to Christ. Anyone else today? I've got to give my life to Jesus. God bless you, sir. God bless you. I see your hand on the back. A man on each side just raised their hand. God bless you. Anyone else? Anyone else today? Anyone else? Don't turn him away. Don't turn him away. Today, you're going to open up your heart. He's going to come in. You're going to conceive new life. You're going to conceive new life. Anyone else? Anyone else? I want to ask those two men, would you come and meet me up front, please? Would you two gentlemen please come meet me up front as we pray together and Jesus comes into your heart and your life belongs to him. Would you come now? Anyone else, if you're here today, Maybe you didn't raise your hand, but you, you want to give your life to Christ. Would you come? Thank you, sir, for coming. Sir, there to the left, would you please come? That Raise your hand. Come now. You raised your hand. Now come the rest of the way. Thank you, young man. God bless you. God bless you, my brother. God bless you. You stand right here, my brother. God bless you. Good to have you. God bless you. Come stand right here. God bless you, my brother. I know that's a long walk, but it's a lot walk worth walking. Stand right here. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Anyone else today? Anyone else here today? Anyone else here today? You're not going to turn. You're not going to slam the door in Jesus' face. He says, I stand at the door and knock. I stand at the door and knock. I stand at your door knock God bless you God bless you come God bless you sweetie God bless you sweetie anyone else today anyone else today you want to give your heart to Jesus Christ anyone else today anyone else God bless you for coming up here today. And I want to ask you if you put your hands upon your heart. We're going to open our hearts. And just like I shared, the word of God says that if we believe right now, as you pray in the name of Jesus, believe that he and the father hears you. He pronounces your name and the father accepts you. And the spirit of God comes within your heart and in your life. It changes you and saves you. 
but we have to believe and we have to confess him. So repeat this prayer with me. Dear God, in Jesus' name, I come to you now. Forgive me of all my sins. Forgive me of all the mistakes and all the things that I'm ashamed of. But today, I invite you into my heart, into my life, to be my Lord and be my Savior. Thank you, Jesus. You died in my place. And I am totally forgiven. And there is nothing to be ashamed of anymore. For right now, I am a new person. Forgiven, accepted, loved, and brand new. And thank you, Jesus, that you made this possible through your blood. I'm saved. And I have eternal life. In Jesus' name. Now raise your hands towards these believers. Father, I just right now bless these. And I thank you for my sis and my brother. I thank you for sealing them with the Holy Spirit. I thank you, Lord, for giving them a sensitive heart, a sensitive spirit. The enemy cannot have them. The, tras the no trespassing sign is now upon them. They are the property of heaven. Their names are in the Lamb's book of life. Let the devils even be scared to come around them. For now they are redeemed and called by your name. They're dedicated to you, Lord. They're yours. You love them. Lord, you've saved them. And I thank you that you will keep them. Lord, I bless them. And I thank you for giving them a quick understanding and knowledge in you. Thank you for keeping them all the days of their life. They will serve you. Give them the strength and the grace to resist what has tore them down in the past. And I thank you that you are the new and the living way. They're walking and they're leaping and they're running upon it. Thank you for strengthening them. They were quick spiritual growth. They will not go backwards, but they will continue to go forwards. I thank you for delivering and renewing them in the spirit of their mind and the spirit of their heart. And I thank you for this. And the church praises God and thanks God for these lives in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Glory. God bless you. Bless you, sir. Bless you. Hallelujah. Praise Him. Praise Him. We praise you, Lord. We praise you, Lord. We thank you, Father. Lord, we praise you for your saints. We praise you for your church. We praise you for your dwelling place. We praise you for your glory. We praise you for your spirit. We praise you for the blood of Jesus. We praise you for the crimson blood, the glory of the cross, the power of the resurrection, the spirit of the Most High God. We bless you and we praise your name in Jesus' name. We praise you, Lord. Oh, hallelujah. Glory. We praise you, Lord. How we love you, Lord. Now, I want to encourage you. I know, I know a lot of times you can't make, make it back on Sunday nights. But listen, last Sunday night, we got into an area of being led by the Spirit, discerning the Spirit, but also in the area of growth. And the Spirit of God wants to speak some things into us tonight. So we're going to be back here at 6 o'clock, Tuesday intercession. Man, you talk about the presence of God coming in this place. Wednesday, as we do the Bible study, on the book of Romans Thursday enough for those who've been battered and hurt in marriage those who've gone through a divorce 
have been mentally, physically, emotionally abused. And we want to invite you to these things, to be blessed. we got Royal Rangers, Missionettes. We've got things for the children and youth. Every service. Because we want it to be about you and to bless you. We love you. I love you and I'll bless you. And I thank God for everyone and each and every one of your lives. Brother Jake, if you dismiss this, please. God bless you.